1: Welcome back to the Offload Delay Podcast. We're live this week with a fantastic panel. We are going to celebrate, uh, two days ago was International Women's Day and we're in the midst of Women's History Month. So what better time to bring on some female first responders than right now. Uh, Before we do, um, I need to talk about our sponsors. We have DeanBlundell.com. We're part of the DeanBlundell.com network. They've been a fantastic uh, support unit uh, a team to work with, and uh, I'm super pleased to be able to work with DeanBlundell.com. Also, we have Jesse from First Responder Coffee. He's reached out. Uh, he's working with us as a sponsor. He's up in Thunder Bay. He's also a responder. He's got a fantastic line of products, First Responder Coffee. Uh, these are custom roasted-to-order coffee blends that uh, they're shipping out across uh, through... Uh, through mail orders and through local establishments around his area at this time. And he also uh, supported us with a great mug that you'll see me, uh, see me using from time to time. So thanks Jesse for that. Uh, they're a great company. They put money back into the boots on the ground peer support uh, for first responders organization. And they make a great product. But without further ado, we need to bring in the ladies of the show. That's what we're here for. We're going to bring in our panel for today. And we have three ladies have shown up. Unfortunately, we advertised four. Uh, Work happened to get in the way, as it does for all of us responders. Uh, For Karen, Karen couldn't make it. But uh, nonetheless, we have Jackie, and we have Leslie, and we have Marcel. And we're super uh, happy to welcome these ladies. I've worked with two of them over the years and I've been introduced to one of them just recently. Um, These ladies are definitely uh, prime examples of first responders in the community. Ironically enough, all paramedics at one point. We have a nurse as well, uh, double job, and um, I, I investigated getting a police officer and a fire representative and they declined. So we're with the medics which is just fine with me um, so I'm going to start by letting everyone introduce themselves. We have um, my long-term friend, Jackie, uh, in the top my right, and we're going to let her introduce herself, kind of what got her into the business, how long she's been doing it, and uh, what level of care she's given. So Jackie, welcome.
2: Thanks for having me, Brad. i um, been a paramedic for uh, 16 years, um, all within the same service but I've also been teaching uh, with the college for the last five years. Um, Prior to that, Marcel and I were actually lifeguards together for many years beforehand, and uh, we kind of both walked into this career uh, in our early 20s. Now we're a little bit older, but anyway, um, so yeah, that's where we're at now, um, 16 years in.
1: Fantastic, and I think I remember seeing you in your student years. Uh, coming through the doors and you, you're still with us so so glad to have you on and you're gonna obviously uh, be a valued member of this panel because I know you're not afraid to pull any punches when we're talking about certain <laughs> things and it's gonna be fantastic speaking of that Leslie <laughs> welcome it's been a while since we've seen each other but uh, do you mind introducing yourself and kind of giving us your background and, and where you're at now
3: sure yeah my name's Leslie um, I was a paramedic for 17 years Um, I've been out of the game for five, so I left the road four years ago. Yeah. It's crazy to think that this would have been my 22nd year. Um, and, uh, I'm also uh, a registered nurse. I've been a registered nurse for 16 years and I worked in emerge, um, for 12 of those. And then I made a huge pivot and, um, I'm in the aesthetic world now. So I currently have my own business. Um, as a nurse injector and in like an injectables wellness clinic. Um, but then um, kind of transitioning, I worked for some plastic surgeons along the way just to get, figure out what I was doing. So mm-hmm. I'm in trauma. Typical
1: now. Leslie, no rest for the wicked, for sure. Yeah. It's been, uh, I put up your, your handle on the uh, screen when you were talking there. We'll put it up more later for your company, LG or LM Injectables. Yeah. And uh, people are reaching out with us. Can you see the comments? I'm going to ask on my guest. can you see people writing it at all? Because right now we have a, a uh, Crowley already in there about someone so proud of her sister, Jackie. So that's from Nicole. She's reaching out. We have another fellow podcaster, actually Tara, reaching out to say hello to everyone and to one of our other viewers, Danielle uh, and Greg Sullivan. He's a retired fire... Uh, team member of mine I was on his platoon fantastic individual so we'll say hi to everybody and now we'll bring in Marcel we kind of interrupted that a bit but Marcel uh, thanks for joining the show uh, so glad to meet you I know you're bringing a whole wealth of uh, experience talent and a resume with you so do you mind kind of giving us your background and what got you into this particularly as a younger female as Jackie said when you guys were uh, starting out
0: yeah, well, um, thank you. Uh, I've been a paramedic now for 18 years, um, started kind of in an urban setting. And then after four years of, you know, um, realizing that uh, urban was great, it helped me grow, I really just preferred living in, in a more rural kind of setting. So. Um, um, that's what I've been doing since then. I um, I credit kind of Jackie to me um, embarking in my my side kind of gig, which would be the education world. Um, kind of studying with her as she, when she was a student, and um, just kind of word of mouth got me into that door. And that's what I've been doing on the side for the last, I guess, sixteen years, 15, fifteen years. Wow. Um, and what got me into it, like, you know, raw honesty was I, I i was alive. I knew I liked learning about first APR. It was kind of seen natural when I was trying to understand it. And then it was pretty to be able to kind of um, think that I could just go to school for a couple of years and just build on that. And so that was kind of how I um, embarked in this career path. And And you've done a lot uh, since, right?
1: So for anyone doing the math out there, I think the average is 18 years, because Leslie's in, she had 20 in, and I heard a couple of 16s in there. So um, lots of experience on the panel, and Marcel, you didn't give yourself enough credit to state that you also reached the advanced care level. And you've instructed as faculty professor um, for how many years?
0: I want to say like 16 years. 16,
1: yeah, so 16 years. years of instruction, including PALS, the pediatric course, the advanced uh, life support ACLS, ITLS, and you held a management management role for five years in there. So busy, busy, powerful, successful women we're dealing with right here, and it's fantastic. So retrospectively, I want to wish all of you a, a happy uh, International Women's Day. It's tough, as everybody out there that does what we do knows, to nail a date specifically. So this show would have been great on Tuesday when it was the actual day, but it's just not possible. People are out working, there's shift work going on, there's families going on, there's travel. So better late than never. And um, I, I think this is going to be a, a great chat because you've been there, you've done that, and you're not afraid to tell some truths, if you will, and give some encouragement. I'm hoping that younger females out there that are wanting to get into the emergency service world to whatever capacity can reap the rewards of hearing your experiences, good and bad, and be able to um, learn from you. And Leslie, 20 years ago, I must admit, there wasn't a lot of females in the industry. And you must have been somewhat of a pioneer we know there's ones that have been around double that but honestly you were a you were definitely a minority when you started and I can imagine that you uh what let's get right to it I guess the biggest challenge to be in what was originally called the old boys club Mm -hmm. right that's what it was yeah so for you looking back I know you're not in anymore but you you put your years in And
3: it's so hard because I was also so young, so, you know, but I will say, I'll start with a positive for the most part, everyone mostly was great. And, you know, I try to, I try to look at that, but it, it was, it was awful at times because I think there was four of us so you know obviously it was different then because then it was still city run right. so i think at the time there was f- i was one of four women in belleville and Picton. in there's four of us and then unbelievable trenton there was two right Cameron. yeah and then you know it's anyway there was literally just so literally literally less than a handful and then being so young too you know i i didn't i didn't even know who i was So, um, but I think it was, I I'm not answering very well, but it's... No, it is.
1: That's what I'm getting at is Um, you were outnumbered and the pressure was on you so much to perform to that level of higher expectation because you're in there now is who are you? Who do you think you are that's doing this job that's been done traditionally by males? Mm-hmm. And you went in there 20 years ago and you dominated it and you showed them it's it's doable but it came with pressures right it came with tremendous pressures and not a lot of social networks for you
3: no yeah it was to be honest with you it was just time that made it better but I it was it was quite there were a few a few um co-workers that were quite horrible but yeah the ironic part is years later they were the most respectful
1: but you taught them that's where your expertise came in your your persistence your your expertise your professionalism reigned supreme yeah and I'm asking you honestly because I was there alongside but not able to experience what you're experiencing Mm -hmm. and I think uh it's 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 changed tremendously if I'm not mistaken, we're more than fifty percent females now. we're at least fifty fifty in the EMS world. it's uh, it's changed tremendously over the last decade, especially, mm-hmm. but especially the twenty years that you've been in where you well, you would have seen it changed every year. You would have noticed the changes. So what about uh, Jackie? Not necessarily about the old Boys club, if you will, but what if you had to state as a female medic, as a female in this world of doing what you do for a living, what is your biggest challenge?
2: I would say my biggest challenge, uh, it's now, I don't feel that way, but when I was 24, and there was still lots of old boys there, still lingering around, and I have a couple, one particular story that kind of leads up to what Leslie ended with. Right, It's kind of interesting, but the biggest challenge for me has been that I don't, I can just be who I am. I don't have to prove myself to anybody. Mm -hmm. There is place in the workforce for both genders equally because so much of it, so much of what we do needs some sympathy and some empathy. and, And generally speaking, women are very caring, generally speaking. So you really do need to have both in that workforce. Um, it can't all just be just angry testosterone, you know, there has to be a mixture, Mm -hmm. but to find that line of, you know, weakness shouldn't necessarily mean that you're caring shouldn't mean you're weak, right. Or having a feeling Mm -hmm. shouldn't mean that you're weak, um, that those are actually a really big contributor to doing well at your job, because if we didn't have people that cared, do you really want that person, you know, taking care of your mom? Right,
1: But that right. being said, you were kind of on the forefront of this whole mental health movement that's out there now. Yes. Where it was wrong, it was viewed as a negative if you showed emotion at the time. But right. as you said, the female trait often was a little more emotional at times. And now we've kind of come full circle to, to, to relish that, to highlight that. That we want to kind of embrace that fact that you can have your emotion on your sleeve. That you can wear these calls that you can go home feeling some luggage and you can deal with it. So I know exactly what you're saying. I know 100% what you mean is trying to fit into that role of everyone had this stern face and you can't show emotion no matter how bad it is. And I, I appreciate that challenge in particular. Now, Marcel, what do you think? In 16 years, is there one challenge that you think of most or is it kind of a mix or is there something you'd like to highlight that maybe somebody doesn't know that's watching over there?
0: like in 16 years in, in the past kind of deal?
1: Yeah, just your whole career. What's your biggest challenge as a, uh, from a female perspective? Cause I, I can't relate, I can't put that forward.
0: To be honest, you, I think my big challenge uh, has been, you know, admitting to where I may, maybe my limits are, anticipating that if I needed to assist help one day, because the patient is 100, 400 pounds, I'm, I'm. It, the challenge is like accepting that because I, I, I already know is they're gonna see who the medic is that made that phone call. There's gonna be a judgment right. passed up. Yeah, I can appreciate. I know I when it started, that. it was like come hell or high water. Like I was doing that lift, you know, even if it was gonna be sore at the end of the day, which is really you know not the smartest thing when we're talking about longevity of our job but it's always that little thing like that if if I have call like they gotta be 400 pounds or like you know almost impossible and I think that's that's something that I still even today carry a little bit because I don't want to be I don't want to want to have the, the label that the, the female paramedics can't do the brunt of the work just the same as these guys would and
4: and I'll, I'll
1: explain that a little further way. for the people listening or watching uh, that aren't in this world we show up collectively as a unit on an ambulance with two of us whether it's two males two females a mix whatever and sometimes we are entitled to well we are always entitled to sometimes call for help because the individual is in a position where we can't get them out with just the two of us, or they've, they're so large that we physically can't handle it. And you felt the pressure specifically. I, I, it's something I never even would have thought of. But there's that added stress of showing weakness, even though it's not. But that interpretation of weakness, being a female, asking for the help. But it's something we all have done. It's all it's something that we all do. And I'll be honest, the further I'm in my career, the quicker I am to call for the help. Because its I have nothing to prove anymore. I remember being young as a medic. And no matter if you're male or female or anything else, you're always wanting to prove yourself. And fortunately, you reach a point in your career where you're like, I'm done proving myself. I'm just going to do this more effectively now. And I'm going to do it to the best that I can. And that'll be it. So... I, uh, I like that. I like that answer a lot because it's something that didn't come to my mind. Um, how about myths? There's a lot of myths out there, uh, specifically for females advancement kind of promotion, moving up through the ranks. You often hear that uh, it's easier, it's tougher, there's less of them there to begin with, so they're going to have a bigger shot at getting that position That comes up. And there's all these myths and rumors in that. And I think we need to quash every single one of them. a
2: token female, Brad?
1: Thank you. Yeah, that word is, uh, that phrase isn't one I was going to bring up. But honestly, you have a succession going on here where traditionally the role was played by males. Their supervisors were male, the chiefs, the deputies were males. I'm going to stop right there. I work for two emergency services now. I just want to highlight. Both my chiefs are females, and one is fantastic, and I'll leave it at that, but it's, it's uh, it, there's nothing, this is new for me, and it's new for the province, right? We're seeing a surge in that, but traditionally, when you're going up through, did you feel like you had the same ability to advance to those positions when you looked up ahead of you, and everybody that was leading you was a male?
0: That's a great question. Mm-hmm.
1: Did you feel... Intimidated by that? Did you feel actually motivated by that? Did you feel? Did you even think about that? I don't know. What do you think, Jackie?
4: <clears throat>
2: well, for me, uh, I never ever had any ambition to become in a supervisory role, uh, or so I didn't think about it too much. But what I did find was they weren't going to be the easiest to talk to, you really, about anything, right? So. It wasn't a lot to relate to on any level so i think developing a relationship with my male um supervisors or chiefs although like brad we were friends already but if i wasn't when i first started i wasn't friends with any of them i didn't have anything in common with them they didn't know me Mm -hmm. right so i don't think that there was an opportunity especially with mental health these days there's no way i would have Come up to them to even talk, just frankly, about anything because I didn't mm-hmm. have anything in common with them. I didn't have anything to talk about. Um, but as far as advancement, because I wasn't interested, it probably yeah. didn't cross my mind so much.
1: Yeah, but fair enough. But Marcel did advance. Yeah, right. Did. You were there For
4: a little bit. Yeah, was there? Yeah.
1: Uh, You did it for a period of time. Now, at that time, it may have been a a non-factor, but you represented as a female in a quality control situation, which I'm sure would have been difficult at times. It's difficult for any manager, many supervisor to take hold of that senior disgruntled staff that's been there for 100 years and has always done it this way. And that's the way it's going to be done. And no one's going to tell me otherwise. And then to step in there as a female role, was it any different for you?
0: You know what? Um, I, I don't think it. it, it I, I got that sense necessarily, at least you when know, I embarked on that kind of avenue. I. But I do remember um, for a long time, a lot of my supervisors, you know, in the years leading up to it, were all, were all male, except for one, one female. And I do remember having a bit of admira- admiration for her, um, you know, kind mm-hmm. of just holding her own. And, and even though I you know, the role that I took was not, you know, the typical on-road supervisor that, that she had had uh, held. It was more of like a quality education side. It was still uh, inspiring in a lot of ways to say, hey, you know what, I could, I could if I wanted right. to. Um, and and then when you know the cards aligned and and I you know was ready for that, it 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 you know it made me feel a little bit better. And for that first little bit, it was just her and I we had different roles within that supervisor, you know, whatever, but it was just her and I. And so I do remember not having like, you know, heart to heart, female to female conversations, but she really did kind of remind me, you know, take care of yourself. Make sure you get your lunches, Mars. Like, you know, you're always going to be on your toes in this type of position. So, you know, she, she had been living it for a while. And I remember really appreciating, you know, that, that um, the time that she took to kind of, help help me segue into that
1: role. We'll, well it's we'll- nice that you had that for sure and now you've made an example for others who want to follow your footsteps so leslie mm-hmm. you had the advantage or disadvantage of working an emergency department that you were serving as a paramedic yeah you were a nurse there some days mm-hmm. and some days you're a paramedic and the nursing world definitely had more females integrated into it ratio so you were getting exposure to that ratio there and then you'd go out to your paramedic world and the ratios were a little less Mm -hmm. so um was there any added pressure on you just because of that because you had that um insight the nurses you were working with were watching you extra carefully those fellow females could see you out there interacting in that dog eat dog world in the road that we're on but uh, was there any truth to that, any kind of advantage, disadvantage? You didn't care. I didn't ask you a management question because I know the truth there. So I'm not even going to trust that. <laughs> so we're going to leave that alone. Yeah.
4: Well,
3: yeah. And to be honest with you, when I did do my little, you know, when I was not on, on the road supervisor too, it it actually, it was, it was good and bad. It was good and bad because the good part, and as every, most of you know me, I'm, very vocal about how things should be so you know it 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 worked when i was when i was working as on the road soup and when i was going into the emergency department where i worked as an rn so even though it was a little It was a little more direct. It actually was more of an educational conversation. And then in the end, productive, because that's usually where the problem lies in healthcare is lack of communication. Mm -hmm. No one's really talking about what really needs to happen. So in those situations, even though it was, it was actually very hard on me. Because I did feel I was literally in the middle in every form of the way, um, it actually was good because what the eMERGE thinks and expects what should be happening on the road, I was able to talk about it a bit better where they actually heard me more. Good. Because because I was their coworker in another.
4: Yeah, yeah.
3: And and vice versa, right? You know, all of us as medics shooting on eMERGE nurses saying this and this, then I was able to say, yeah, but this is why.
1: Yeah, definitely. Now, as progressive as medicine is, as healthcare is, the notion out there is always, this is the way we've always done it. So we're just doing it this way. And that, that stems right forward in the staff. Like when we're talking about the way we've always done it is the car always had two males on it. So you had to fight tooth and nail all the time, whether it was trying to convey a message or the overall stigma of this is the way we've always done it so kudos to you and to all of you out there and to everyone else and, and we're not saying anyone's better than anybody else you're your leaders in your field and there's lots of you out there and, and we're thankful for that but i think we need to kind of highlight some of the true trials and tribulations that you had as females and we'll be honest here let's talk uniforms leslie when you started 20 years ago even marcel and jackie the polyester blue uniforms that I wear were the exact same polyester blue that you would wear Yeah, and, our and we're not rises. built the same. <laughs> yeah. So there was no point in time when you started when you had a female version of a uniform or if it was it was a size smaller that was it same uniform just a size smaller. But I remember Leslie specifically and anybody that's worked with Leslie will agree. I don't know how many times I heard about the pants, those paramedic pants, and how they're not for females and how they're not made for women in my hips and your hips and look at your hips and look at me and can you believe this? But that that changed, less. That changed along the way. They now have things like, Jackie, I know that you were... You were pregnant while you were working, right? You, you went through a pregnancy. And there was no such thing as maternity pants for
4: these medics.
2: No, I just wore my pants undone.
4: That's oh the yeah, thing. My
2: belly just hung out and I just flipped over the edge. And my belly just fell out. Oh, There's but nothing, nothing appropriate to wear. i was the first person to have a baby. I was no.
1: Like, <laughs> but it's, it's so unbelievable. that That wasn't that long ago. That there was recognition that you're a totally different gender, different, whatever phys- physiological makeup. And this is us in the healthcare world that study that. We understand there's like differences in this, like nobody else, but they gave you the same pair of pants. Or if somebody, do you remember early on, we would start at work and you'd get someone's old coat. It wasn't even like new, it's like hairless. They wear Tony's jacket. He's gone now. You can wear this. It's too big for him anymore. You might as well have it or whatever. And it was just ridiculous. But because of you guys persevering, things have come a long way now. There are actual maternity pants in EMS now. They got the, the old kangaroo pouch in the front, right? And the elasticized waists and that, but they're still not. They're still not. Equivalent. The tops are still... Do, do we have a difference in tops? I don't even know. Our shirts. I think it's still the same. I'm and I to guarantee to you, on I'm on not built the play. same up top as any of you, and and we actually have the same. Anyway, I just I, I wanted to bring up the challenges of the uniform, and the challenges that it brought over the years of being a female. But how much it's progressed? I know that it's progressed quite a bit. Leslie, you got out in time that you couldn't reap the rewards of all your 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 man pants over the years and all the stuff that you had to do <laughs> that you had to deal. <laughs>
3: Last few pairs were women's, and they were glorious.
1: Okay, so the, they—they're actually obviously cut different. They were actually—it's we go buy jeans. You don't buy just one pair of jeans. We yeah. go to the male or the female jeans. So, yeah. but I remember that specifically with you. Like it's a—it's a—it's a, it's a, it's a burned-in memory of Leslie and the pant talk. If you worked with Leslie, you knew you're gonna hear about the pants three times minimum, and that was it. But I uh, hated it. That brings up
3: hated those.
1: And you should they weren't made for you and you were anyway that brings up kind of the next part that males don't have to deal with the same as females in this job is bathrooms quite often we're on the road we're running around or you're stuck in a merge And you have to use an eMERGE washroom, which is absolutely okay for a guy most times. He just stands there and does his thing. Or you have outside when we're in country road calls and you got to stop. You stop by a tree and you go. This job is very much different for females. Very much different. So I can't even imagine the dirty fast food joints, the ER bathrooms. Uh, If anyone was like one of our male colleagues, the actual patients' house bathrooms if they ever had to use them, stuff like that. So you had those challenges that males, we we never had to worry about, right? And um, it's just something we didn't think about. We didn't have to. And I know for a fact that you guys have endured some really dicey situations as medics because we don't always have access to the best places and we're out for hours at a time. People that don't do this job don't realize you can literally leave the station at six in the morning and not get back till seven at night. Mm-hmm. And your food's there, and your clean washroom's there, and everything's there, and you're having to deal with life around there. So, um, and Jackie, were you working? You worked through pregnancy, right?
2: Yes. How many months? I didn't want to do light duties?
1: Right. You were. You were. That's, this is Jackie. This is typical Jackie. I don't want modified. I don't want special attention. I'm going to do this, but um. This comes with increased issues that the guys don't think about. When we're out there, COVID wasn't a thing back then. I shouldn't say the C word. I don't use it much on this show. Um, but there was no pandemic, but we still had all these communicable diseases we were dealing with. We had the risk of injuries. We had the risk of, and management at first didn't know how to deal with this. Do you remember? That? Like when a pregnant female came up to staff, came to the management, they were like, oh, yeah. Um, can you file papers that we don't even have? Can you... And, and they're stuck with it. And then people like Jackie stepped up and said, no, I'm going to do this job, and I'm going to do it as long as I can. But it's a whole other um, set of conditions that is individually determined. Obviously, everyone's different. But management also has to address that. And I, I've heard it's still not ideal. Uh, it's still not... Um, the the working conditions while pregnant still aren't kind of well thought out or well, uh, established as far as what will happen when. And
2: okay, play by year, like when it happens, they're like, okay, let's figure this out. And then they put them on like an offload delay. Right. Or they'll do those sorts of things that they right. did a long right. time ago. So they've come up with some new kind of things that they can do. Um, uh, but I do believe we're still kind of an alien when it comes to that, situation where they're not really sure what you want to do well, when do you want to go off or like how long do you want to be on for and
1: right and so everyone's dancing around it at. right yeah, everyone's and if so they're not hard. like you they're not just stepping up and taking the bull by the horn and saying i'm going to do this and not everybody can not everybody can i mean uh, i'm not going to generalize but not everybody can and uh it's just another element that us males doing the job have no concept of. We have no idea what it feels like to have morning sickness from that. We have no idea to have to deal with the pants that are undone or 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 whatever else comes with it. Speaking of bathrooms. So you're pregnant. Now you're having to go to the bathroom I, I've heard when you're pregnant the frequency of having to go to the bathroom is elevated. And now you're in a job where you don't have access to bathrooms all the time or you can't just go. So there's, there's all that that goes along with it. So along with that, there's lots of physical challenges that are added for females. And this is kind of where I want to go next. And I've worked with Jackie and I've heard about, but you don't have breasts. This is what I've been told. You don't understand what it's like to try and lift when you have my challenges or whatever. And that's, let's go back to the challenges of manual stretchers. Remember using the triggers and the handles and all that. And
4: let's not.
1: But do you down remember?
4: The yeah,
3: that's right. Break the down old down number thirty. The ground.
1: Yeah. This is such a great a uh, ergonomic <laughs> nightmare. Right? For anybody that doesn't know, Who we does used to lift that? thirty stretchers. They were called number thirties. And the way they worked is you actually put the patient on them while they were elevated. But then before you could lower them into the ambulance, you dropped them to the ground so the wheels were close to the bed, and the whole thing got lifted up like a cot and slid into the ambulance. They don't do that anymore. But honestly, the challenge is for all medics to lift those. But I do remember working with females who had a hard time just with the, the length of their fingers. It's just not even a strength thing. Squeezing the triggers. We used to have to squeeze tw- triggers to release the carriages to come up. And they had a heck of a time trying to reach that and sometimes they would literally ask you do you mind and they would suck the pride in and they would ask but those again there's lots of challenges for you that were out there that we didn't deal with and you've persevered now most services now in ontario anyway have the power stretchers which are a lovely thing leslie did you get to use those
3: no no i got to use the ones where the carriage would come up
1: yeah same thing
3: I, but isn't there one where, like, the whole thing will go in now? Yeah. yeah.
0: So
3: We had the pilot one before really? yeah. the power load. But huh. I only got to use those when we called them oh, the bari- bariatric. The bariatric. Yeah.
1: Yes, okay. Yeah, so the way they rolled out in our area was... Uh, Marcel referred to the 400-pounders earlier on. And, and you know, she's experienced sense. in... And you know your experience because four hundred pounds used to mean something. Nowadays, we're like, uh oh, four hundred pounds. Where's the six, seven, eight hundred pounders that are out <laughs> there right yeah. we, we We see them, and they they came out with a power. It was basically a hoist, right? You'd throw them on. It reminded me of the the thing you'd see at the grocery store that would lift the egg cartons up. It was like literally a, a jack that would swing them up. And that's how they started, and that revolutionized things for all medics especially with anyone that had trouble squeezing the trigger on those old manual stretchers. But um, there's a term out there that is used quite often, and I think you will agree, all of you, Um, it's called a muffin. And it's becoming more and more prevalent. And I can only imagine the frustration of a senior female staff having to deal with the complaints of a younger female staff with the, let's call it, with the luxuries that you weren't privy to over the years. And they're coming in now complaining. And I'm going to correct this now because, honestly, Muffin is no longer just female. It started out that way as a young. That's the term that we used. It wasn't meant to be derogatory. It was within in-house. This podcast is kind of a look into our world. It's a term we use about the mu- and there are there are definitely guy muffins out there. It's, it's it's unbelievable, but you as as senior females who's who've done the job, you've been in the trenches, you've you've had the shitty equipment, you've had the terrible uniforms, you've had the 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 non female management constantly. What, what do you what do you take of this? What what advice? What can you even say to these individuals?
3: I'm going to, I'll speak up first because the first thing that came to my mind was, sorry, Marcel, you won't know, but guys, do you remember like initial L.A. when he started calling me toots? Oh,
4: yeah. Yes.
3: And then it stuck. Toots, toots. So it was like the old version of muffin. And then it just, you know, I guess because I never really said don't fucking call me that anymore. Yeah. I let it go. But like, it's the same yeah. thing. It, it is. I a- and, mm-hmm. and the context was, God, and this probably would have literally been in like 2000 or 2001. And, and it was, it was, I, I was, I was saying something. And so the, he was calling me that because of, because I was answering and what he viewed was a woman's opinion.
4: No, oh, unbelievable. And it was
3: Toots, and and you know, looking back, I mean, you know, he's har- harmless. But looking back, Toots, like
1: <laughs> no, my version <laughs> of Muffin, as terrible as Toots was, Muffin to me was a younger, inexperienced individual. Quite often, yeah. that whined or complained about a privilege, really, that nobody else had been privy to in their career. But now. They're actually complaining about And I will give a key example of we used to always have to clean our stations ourselves, base duties. And that has since changed at the service I'm at. Oh, really? But I've had a muffin complain that their TikTok video got interrupted because the cleaner showed up to the station (laughs) to mop the floors (laughs) that we were using. And to me, that's a friggin' muffin like no other muffin. I don't know how to explain the fact that you should be, Damn well grateful that there's somebody here to help clean up after you. sore. anyway, that's a muffin to me, and I'm sure we all have muffin stories. Male, female, it doesn't matter. But it's 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 really hard to take, especially for you. Say Jackie here's a girl saying that she has a stomach cramp. Yeah. Jackie's like, oh yeah. Well, I work through pregnancy. Like, how how do you how do you deal with that? What is your resolve, Jackie? You're still working. You still get muffins working with you. So yes. what do you do?
2: First of all, like when I hear them complain, uh, I don't really give them much attention because a lot of it is that's what they want. But what I often do is tell them a story and it, it sheds light. I can
1: imagine the story.
2: How you know, good things are uh, for these people. And you know, back to us, the story that Leslie said about twists. T- 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 <laughs> um, I haven't hmm. heard a four-minute story, and I have Good. to tell yeah. it because yeah. it's, it blows my mind that this existed even in 2005, like six when I started, and, uh, and it blows my mind about how a lot of the, I want to say, uh, old boys, the behavior or the mindset, the culture that still existed even in 2005 and 2006. Mm-hmm when um I was probably in my first four months on the road. I'm all excited to do a shift. I've got my nice spiffy outfit on, my stupid polyester uniform. I didn't very good, but it was clean and I looked tidy and going to work. And I know that I'm working with this gentleman who's been on the road a significant amount of years. He's probably twice or three times my age. And I show up to base and um I know the truck I'm assigned to, and this guy is obviously much older, gets out of the truck, stares at me, and I have my gear bag, and I'm all excited. He goes, oh, great, a girl. And then he takes his, I don't know what he grabbed, and he left. I don't know where he went, but I was like, well, well, that just set the tone for the day. So I thought, okay, so I'm just going to check this truck because I know it's assigned to us. I'm just going to deal with it. So think about these muffins today, or they would tolerate that for just six seconds. But here I am. You know what? I'm like, eh, he's old, whatever. I don't know what the problem is. So I check the truck, and we carry on our way for the day. He doesn't say a whole lot to me. And of course, he's driving, and that's fine. And all day long, he barked at me. Everything I did, however, I, I might have, you know, parked the truck wrong. I lifted a bag wrong. I didn't attend properly. All day long, he barked at me and I'm imploding. He has no idea what a jerk I can be. And I'm imploding inside going, this guy doesn't even know me. I'm going to explode. And I just don't know when I'm going to do it because I'm vulnerable. I'm 24 years old. I don't know this guy. There's all male management around me Mm -hmm. me like this all day long. And I'm just not sure how I'm supposed to tolerate it and treat sick people all day. And really between the both of us, I'm the most educated, right? So I'm thinking, oh it. this day can't end. Finally, it does. We don't get overrun. And I decide to wash the truck. I've got a couple minutes left and I didn't do it right. He starts bark- barking off about how I was washing the truck. I didn't scrub it where he was scrubbing it and I did it too fast. And so I looked at him <laughs> and I grabbed my scrub brush, this long scrub brush, and I whipped it at him And it landed just at his feet and it splashed up, like all the water splashed up, whatever was left on the brush. And he looks at me and I grab my gear bag and I grab my lunch bag and my water bottle and I leave. And I start walking out the bay towards my car. And he goes, Well, where the hell do you think you're going? As if I still had work to do, like I was still supposed to change or clean this truck. And I look back and I went, You know what? You just go after yourself and I gave my finger as hard as I could. My phalange hurt. It hurt so bad. I gave it over. So and as I'm looking over, I see this white shirt like in the corner of my eye. And I'm like, and I bring down my finger and I and I look over, and it's my superintendent for the day. And he's just watching everything unfold. And I thought. Well, there goes my 17 minutes on the job. This is it. I'm going to be fired. I've, I have like, I'm not even done my probation. This is it. And sure enough, I walk to my car and I sit in it and I'm <coughs> mad. not sure I want to do this anymore. And he bangs on my door, my supervisor. And he goes, can I, can I sit with you? I'm like, like in my car? He's like, yeah. And I thought, this is it. Like, <laughs> I keep just going to fire me here. Like, I don't know what's happening. Anyway, he sits beside me and I'm so mad and he goes, Jack, that was the best thing you could have ever done. You're never going to have a problem with him ever again. You absolutely did the right thing. I'm so proud of you. <coughs> he taps me on the back and he leaves. And I thought, am I in a goddamn twilight zone? Like I thought what? all this behavior expired before I no. had started. Like this, this wasn't no. that long ago. But we still had that culture that still existed. Can you imagine if that was a muffin or no. some new person today? Like, like how that would have unfolded. And and I kid you not, three weeks later, I did another shift with him, and he was my best friend. He even made me lunch. He brought me uh, like well done milk, rice, vegetables. It was so confusing. I was like, did he did he poison this before I eat it? I don't know what's happening. But he was like my best friend. But that's what I mean.
1: That's what I mean, how you are such leaders, even though you say only 16 years, there was enough time back, like there's been enough time go by where you were forced to deal with these issues. And that individual probably thought twice about doing the same thing to another female individual and that's all because of you and that's kind of how you've all paved the way for the people behind you but how much more frustrating a muffin would be when a supervisor say told (laughs) muffin to wash the truck that's all they did basically do your job and that's when muffin loses it as well and then you say well here's my story and I know Marcel um you're not immune you're not immune to seeing the behavior or having to deal with the how do you deal with, specifically now, if a young female, say you have a young female medic, with the attitude like that, the privy, do you do what Jackie does? Do you kind of say, well, here's how it used to be, and here's how good you have it? Or do you just turn a blind eye? Or do you try and, what's the, what's the dynamic?
0: You know what? I, I think I can echo Jackie. I don't like to give it a lot of energy. Um but it's like those those are the partners when I have that kind of experience that I, I work a little extra harder and I don't do me wrong like I, I, I do my job every day and I, I take mm-hmm. a lot of pride in my, in my job uh, I think <laughs> we make a really good wage for, for what we have to do for doing something as you know great as it can be and it's like as as clay as it sounds it's like i just want to leave them by example like it's not that hard to cycle the laundry through. Yeah. it's not that hard to you know wash the whole truck not just the orange line special or it used to be orange line back in the day
4: like, <laughs> we haven't
0: done anything for the last two hours like this is, it's kind of cool that we just got to, to you know have lunch it, it's but that's a great example that, though. that's kind of been my strategy um because my nature is not uberly confrontational on a, you know, and I I just, yeah, I just try to do. And I guess, you know, deep down inside, kind of hope that 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 type of behavior would be infectious. And that's the you know, uniqueness in I Ontario. So, yeah. She, well, I was just going to say our she's province, got a seniority, and yet she's working harder than me. So
4: maybe
1: that's I right. Be doing it's stuff. easier to show them. That's right. <laughs> and, if they don't pick up on that, there's probably not going to be anything that's going to change their mind anyway. But this is the unique world we, we work in.
4: That. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's right. The, the audience may not realize that most of the paramedic services in the province, not the major ones, but we have a part-time staff. So we basically, paramedics cannot get time off unless that ass in the seat is covered by somebody else. So a lot of the services use part-timers and that I work part-time for a service to help with that. But it leads to a very unique dynamic of like Jackie said, where, where a young female new hire walks in and meets a gentleman three times her age, three times experience. And they have to meet and then potentially do the worst call <laughs> of their life. The worst thing they've ever done together that very day. And it creates a very awkward kind of instant you have to form a trust but for me I will speak personally as a male I now am at the age where I could potentially work with a young female half my age and it's awkward because everything I say in my head sounds creepy and I don't know what to say to a young female and be like literally you could say so what do you do for fun and I'm like can I even say that or you, you, they're talking about something social media-wise that's so removed from me that I don't know. And very few jobs in the world are like that, where you will walk in one day, introduce yourself to someone, have such a difference in age, gender, race. Eth- everything could be completely... And then you go to a call that you need to rely on each other wholeheartedly for. Mm-hmm. And I think that stress is uh, is very hard to address and very hard to relate to people that don't do this line of work. But the way that you mentioned that you, uh, Marcel, just lead by example is all we have. Like that's that's where I'm at, where I can just do my job and hopefully they eventually will follow along and realize I'm not their boss. That's another really awkward thing. When you're a senior to a part-timer you're working with, or somebody else, they treat it like you're evaluating them. It's like, we are equal here. We are all the same. And if you get gender mixed in there as well, it can be a real mix mash of stuff. So I think that's a uh, good advice for people out there um, that are trying to address this: is just lead by example, or do what Jackie does, flip them the bird, and go home and think you're you're done. So there's your there's your two avenues that you have. Um, this this can often be a dangerous job, and I know what it's like being a male in some of these situations, and I know that, particularly Jackie, I know it's have had a few calls over the years where it, it, it's a little more threatening to females at times and I don't know that the workplace is doing enough to address this because what I've seen is as the ratio of females increases in, in paramedicine around us, we're now hearing the ratio of paramedic abuse increasing as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I have no proof, no stats or anything to say that there's a correlation. But I definitely have been on a call where a patient treated a female I was with differently until I walked in the room. And it's it's wrong. But it's something that you have to deal with and quite often you will work with another female. So you have a tandem of females alone and we don't always go to the nicest settings. We don't always go to the nicest situations. Quite often there's substance abuse involved, there's uh, there's just, it's stuff that really, and we're not equipped for anything. They don't equip us with a single self-defense apparatus or, or anything. So, um, do you feel you are treated differently on calls by certain patients than your male counterparts? Is that a real thing? Oh, yeah. 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 And it's, is it a lack of just a lack of respect, basically, is what it comes down to simply based on gender? Right? I find it's more
2: generational, in my opinion. Yeah. It's more generational.
1: And, and what do you if mean by I that, hate? Jackie? Like, like the older patients do it more yeah, so? Or, say,
2: yeah, yeah. Definitely older, like 30, 40, 50 year olds don't, I usually don't have any real issues with that. If we show up, they're often pretty receptive to our care. But when I show up to somebody who's 70, 75, 80, that culture, right? They're still not, they're not accustomed Mm -hmm. to us uh, Mm -hmm. so much. So I think that's just cultural, Um, but they certainly are happy that it's (coughs) doing the 12 lead on their wife's chest and taking really good care of her, right? Like the mindset kind of changes when they start to see what we're doing. It takes some time for them to grow comfortable with us being there. Um, They do find it, I find that they, seem to yell at us a little faster, and they get a little angrier at us a little easier. Um, I've had male partners for years. I've also had female partners, and I definitely saw a huge difference with double female versus male female. Mm
1: -hmm. Which it's probably society in general. I mean, our patients are just a reflection of society. And uh, um, I I don't know what the answer is. I just think it's something that needs to be highlighted for those up-and-comers and that's kind of how I wanted to, to get to finish this off is I was hoping that um, you could give advice put yourself back to your 16 year old self and you're an up-and-coming female not necessarily you but there's people that are looking up to you now like it or not they're trying to follow your footsteps they're watching this they're going to hear about this they know what you do you're an aunt, you're a mom, you're a neighbor, you're whoever to them. Uh, and what would you recommend being a young, being a female in the first response, first responder world? It doesn't matter what. Uh, do you have any words of wisdom? Jackie? Okay, oh, Marcel. <laughs> no, it's fine. Who at Marcel? It's worked, no, so a... <sighs> I, uh. The, the
0: word that comes to my mind. First is resiliency. Building
4: resilience
0: from, you know, young age. And and to me, resiliency, that that also is rooted in self-care. Like figuring out, you know, how it is to take care of yourself. So all the the noise and the, you know, poor, you know, behaviors and, and how you're treated, like that can deflect a lot easier when you're kind of, you know, standing true to yourself and, and it, it, you know, it just rolls off your shoulder a little bit. And if I, if I had, you know, retrospect the awareness that I did about that type of stuff back then, you know, maybe the first couple of years of my job would have transitioned a little bit easier, but regardless, I think, you know, building resiliency, not, not kind of um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Leslie, while you were gone,
1: we were talking about basically some advice for 16 year old leslie other than not getting involved but you have a young girl say say a young teenager come to you and say look i I loved what you did i want to do what you did i want to be a paramedic i want to be a nurse What's, what's your word of advice for anyone that will watch this or families that like how do you how do you guide those young females those minds to try and give them the the knowledge they need
3: I will mirror what Marcel says. I I actually, you know, I don't think things are going to change. I think you do just have to be patient and grow and learn and, um, be very quietly, even though you have to, you have to speak your voice, but you need to be, people respect you more when you're a little bit more quiet. Um, and then it's, 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 as much as it's on us to grow and learn and be confident you know going back to that it's, it's having the trust in your partner because in the end we are a team so whether it's a female partner whether it's a male partner you know an example of what happened to me when i was speaking um speaking on a call and it was a gentleman that wasn't listening to me at all and it was my turn to be attending um in this world that language and uh, my partner my last partner you know he just kept the patient just kept looking at my partner who was a male and my partner just very very casually said don't look at me she's the boss so you know it was to be honest with you even though i wasn't getting upset because it was at the end of my career so i was you know i don't really give a shit Mm -hmm. um i did and i didn't but you know if my partner didn't actually say that the patient probably wouldn't have got it. So it's, yes, being confident in yourself, being resilient, like Marcel said, and then just trusting trusting your working relationship. Um, and then, you know, it because that's the thing, it's it's not, even though we feel very alone, sometimes you're not what we shouldn't be. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's that's a whole nother topic, but. Right, yeah. yeah. Good.
1: And Jackie, you must have some advice.
2: Well, I definitely agree with the ladies. Um, The other thing I would say is, um, it's what I tell my girls all the time. Um, I just tell them, you can do hard things. Like you're not, you're not incapable. You can do hard things. And I think at least try hard things, not just to step away from something when it gets hard, because, we do need like you said resilience to be able to pull through stuff and have those skills to cope uh those are life skills and i think a generation today even though i probably make the world a little easier for my daughters than i certainly had i know i do um i still want them to know that it's it's okay when things get hard and you have to learn to deal with it sometimes right right because that's real life
1: i think the whole everything, the resilience, the confidence, it's all about confidence and I think well, that's exactly what you're alluding to. I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but I think anyone, male, female, if they have the confidence, and the young females particularly having to have the extra bit of confidence, resilience, because they're going to face some unique challenges that haven't been there for the others that were before them, and they look up to you. So kudos to all of you. Now, Leslie, you and I followed a similar path where we said enough is enough after a while Mm -hmm. and I think that is also a very important trait for anyone in any of these fields is it's okay to move it's okay to challenge yourself somewhere else it's okay to decide this was enough of this and it, it happens sometimes with a particular call where you're like I can't do this anymore I didn't see this happening it happens with changes in your own personal life it happens with for various reasons you just grow out of the job but it's also on the other end where you have Jackie and Marcel, where they're still pushing through. They love their job. And, and, and both ways are good. Just whatever you decide to do, be good at it and be confident and move forward that way. So yeah. I think the three of you are definitely on this podcast because you exude that. Like that is who you all are. And having worked with the two of you, I know that... There's no complaints for part other than the pants conversation. There was no complaints of uh, skill, ability, talents, partnership with that. And I'm sure Marcel would be the exact same if we ever shared a shift. Um, This podcast is meant to be kind of a fly on the wall for not only the people that are responders like us, but the outsiders. People, this whole world is curious to everybody that's not involved. They're like, how do you deal with this? And what would you recommend that? But with that, I want to know um, if you could be a fly on the wall anywhere, each of you, where would you, it doesn't matter if it's work-related, personal, whatever, What? a little insight into yourself. So Marcel, if you could be a fly on the wall anywhere, just listen in to any conversation, see how something works, what, what would it be?
0: Mm. A kindergarten <sighs> room. Because really? I don't know how they manage what they do. The teachers. We have a hard job? They have a hard job. They're yeah. Good. And the teacher yeah. Do that.
4: Exactly.
1: Yeah. The irony is is you've actually been there. You just don't yeah. remember, I guess, but that's 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 the difference, right? So, yeah, there are lots of jobs out there. We, we hear it all the time, right? I don't know how you do what you do. How often do you hear that from people that aren't in this world? And I could say that for 15 times over with other jobs too. Kindergarten teacher, absolutely. I don't know how you do what you do. Teacher in general, I don't know how. Uh, adult education, I've been involved with that. It's different but elementary and and, uh, and preschool, uh, I don't know. So Leslie, fly in the wall.
3: Um, learning how to do stocks.
1: Yeah, wow. So <laughs> the insider information on all these Bay Street, kind of yeah. Wall Street, how to get rich quick? Yep. Yeah. Do it. Right. So you have your own business now.
3: Yep.
1: And I'm sure Lots of people would love to be a fly on the wall in that because that whole cosmetic surgery injectable world is uh, something I know zero about. I know it's taking off, and uh, I, I I would add that for this show. I'd like to see how you possibly know that you're injecting the right amount of something into someone's tender spots. And are there any take are there any takebacks? Like once it's in, is it in? Are we dealing with injector? Like if you get your lips done, is there a way to... I don't know. This is this is what I know. This is my fly in the wall in your world.
3: Yeah, there, Yeah. This. Okay. everything that I do is... Yeah, there's no... Okay. nothing's permanent.
1: Alright, I'm not looking. I'm just curious.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, no, yeah. I, I don't secretly uh, work in Taiwan.
1: Okay, I gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. <laughs> now Jackie, if you could be a fly in the wall anywhere, where is it going to be?
2: I like politics enough i would probably want to be in the house of commons i just want to just really hear all the stuff that's not actually being recorded i just want to know i just now here's
1: a little snippet of i don't usually give a whole lot of my information but when i was young i was a page at uh, the parliament building i was a legislative page and i looked at that and i never wanted to go back again never had any interest in politics so it it may help you and it may hinder you but yeah it's it's if they show up, that is, it, it would right. be an interesting job but uh, or an uh, interesting view. Okay, I'm going to ask each of you a couple more questions and then just we'll, we'll leave it there. It's been a great uh, talk. Uh, there's been some laughs and there's been some serious issues for sure discussed. If you could eat one food and one food only the rest of your life, what's it going to be, Marcel?
4: Cheese.
1: Just cheese.
4: It wow. Just cheese. Does it, just a big
1: block of any kind of no cheese? cheese? like. But is there any uh, particular? <laughs>
4: the
1: yeah, okay. Well, there we go. So <laughs> I, I like out of all the guests not, I've asked this yeah. question to, nobody has said cheese. They've I'm said cheese. pizza, but never cheese. Oh, just cheese. cheese. Leslie, what do you think? Fish. Yeah, Salmon? any kind? Yeah, Salmon? big fan. Good yes. for you. Any How? Fish? Poached broiled doesn't yes. matter grilled. grilled yeah yeah sure excellent jackie
2: either vegetarian pizza or any thai food i can't i can't decide no
1: i, I don't even okay. know the difference there's green and red and yellow thai i i don't know what, what there's
2: vegetables to... in it but okay probably, i'd probably lean towards the pizza probably but that's boring it's not really exciting. <laughs> what about you Brad?
1: <laughs> the only food i would ever yeah. eat it'd be some sort of seafood it would definitely be seafood, probably shrimp or crab or something, but
3: okay, not
1: cheese. I'd love to have cheese on it, but I don't know if I could just eat cheese every it's day like, all day.
3: I wonder how long that would last before you're <laughs> just like a big walking <laughs> bowel obstruction. <out.
1: laughs> yeah, the Havarti may not be so bad, but I agree. It, it was an interesting, interesting answer. Um, and because all of you have such, well, Leslie especially, you have such vast experience. It may or may not be work-related. What's the smelliest place you've ever been in? The Holy smelliest.
3: Shit. Holy shit.
1: <laughs> you've done lots of stuff, so... Wow. Yeah.
3: Um, can, what's it? 180 Craig? <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, we won't give the exact... Uh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, we won't give... The, yeah. Um, you're close. Okay. You're close to... Rhymes with Craig. <laughs> you mean the whole building in general yeah it's it's good for you yeah right? it's unique isn't it it's unique
3: oh what about the city? oh the hotel
1: oh yeah yeah <laughs> so it's always a it's a residence right it's a dwelling
3: yeah I'd it's say. just
1: people and people of certain so that's your your worst smell Old dirt. oh just hopelessness and not caring yeah, yeah. <clears throat> marcel
0: Disgusting, but it basically—that's like, okay. That's why, why we're here. in his bathtub.
1: So we've heard this before. We've heard how bad the human body can decompose, mm-hmm. and how often we're not on scene in time. So it was a tub.
0: It was a tub, and it was an. And I'm guessing building. the call came in from neighbors, right. so it was a well-being check. You know, there's something right. coming from the, you know, something, some smell. And honestly, I, I, that, that the elevator doors opened and it just like hit me mm-hmm. a <laughs> brick wall. And of course, as soon as you get closer, you know, to it, it the smell intensified and it, it was the moment of watching the cops kind of, you know, holding their, holding their faces as they were like leaving the apartment. And then you're just like, oh, you know, so. Anyways, that was and it's
1: a very unique smell, uh, very few people, but I always give kudos to the building superintendents because I oh, wow. think they find more dead people than any other any other profession trade-out. They are first on scene all the time with these things. They have the master key and they're doing wellness checks. and And, and they're often there or they're often getting off the elevator and they smell that smell. And there's nothing like it. You're not going to ever say, I don't know what that is. No. It's a very unique, okay, we'll and it's that. been on here before. People have talked about the smell of that. And it's not just a dead person. It's just a person who's been dead for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? Yeah, exactly. And uh, okay, good answer. Jackie?
2: <clears throat> well, my god, is gory.
1: <laughs> well, we're going to start with, well. Yeah. But uh,
2: to be honest, I know this sounds like I'm exaggerating, but I there's a person I know. I went to a gym that I went to that had the worst <laughs> body odor I have ever smelled. So bad that doors had to be open. Like, not good. Not good, but mm-hmm. be, But the worst body odor I've ever smelled.
1: So you're exercising been. in the same vicinity, breathing heavily, working hard, taking that BO Everybody deeper.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yes. BO is... is uh, worst I've ever smelled.
1: It's, it's another non-confusable. You're not going to ever confuse, no. B.O. It's uh, it's something that's so unique. And some people just, they know it and they deal with it. And
2: but then I'm like, it, how do you know it? When yeah.
4: Doing anything
1: like yeah. I know. It's a question that we always ask. Mine, I've said it before on podcasts, but mine was with a medic that I worked with while I was with you guys. One of the two guys. And we first call of a night shift and we showed up and a guy was having a major MI. And it was winter, kind of cold night, one of those rural houses where they only heat with wood stoves and that, and he threw up salmon less on the wood stove. And we walked in and it was vomit and salmon cooking on a hot wood stove. Because he was sitting beside, yeah, that that would compete with most smells. And then you're trying to focus on the true call, it was a true MI call, a STEMI call, and you're having to deal with this. So
3: whistling yeah.
1: like and cracking like a fajita <laughs> A fajita is not how I would ever explain it but it sounded similar no it was just so unfortunate that he was in the living room and he just couldn't help it and by the time we got there it was uh, it was done so while we go one last word is would you like to see anything Leslie probably not so much but uh, I mean for by all means what's one way you think the paramedicine world? could change for the better?
3: Just better Moving sp- forward. Like support, inter, interpersonal inter- support, inter-management support. It's support. Okay. To be I would still be there if it wasn't for that.
1: Well, there you go. That's very uh, revealing. <laughs> yep. It was a it is.
2: loss when Leslie left. That's for real. Absolutely. <laughs> like, uh- and every- everybody thinks that. Everybody, not just me. I'm not just biased. Um, no, but that is absolutely true. And if we could just say, you know what, guys, I just need a couple minutes to, to eat my food and be <clears throat> mentally refreshed for the next call. Just give me ten minutes of of, of of whatever I need, and then I'll carry on. I'll do what you need me to do. But they are slowly, depending on who's working around for us, certainly much better than they were 16 years ago. But policies need to change for sure.
1: there's a reason I left and it's that exact reason it wasn't only it was just a lack of respect as being a human that we can just go 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 and give 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 and unfortunately it's in the nature of all of us doing this job that we will we will not refuse something we will not pass something up to go help somebody but we don't have the help necessarily on the other side of us at all times to help alleviate some of our own human needs is basically what it is like we need to eat from time to time and I, I agree. I agree, Leslie. I think that's a great change. Uh, Jackie, anything that you'd yeah, like to see? That's exactly Same thing?
2: Right. Yeah. 100%. I think everybody, uh, it, I think gone are the days. It's very expired to believe that just because you sign up for a career, well, you know, this comes with the job, but I'm still a human. And I still get tired and I still have, you know, uh, Arcadian rhythms that are not caught up with my shift, right. and I'm still a human person. So I, I think we need to acknowledge that yeah, and so, and give people an opportunity to be the best paramedic that
0: they can be.
4: Yeah.
1: Marcel.
0: Yeah, that was great ladies. Uh, You know, my mind actually is coming to two things, but I think the one that came to my mind first was, you know, just, just more support for, you know, social collaboration. Like I know, there's you know an, an individual that I work with right now, and he is fabulous at getting us together on a social realm so that we 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 know each other a little bit more. We 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 know about our families, what we might be doing with because we're playing in a ball tournament, and we 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 meet the spouses and we meet the children, and and I just I've just noticed you know how important it is to have that sense of camaraderie between you know, my colleagues, because we do deal with shit together. Like we deal with really crappy things. And it's like, it's nice to know that, you know, not only am I supposed to trust that you have my back and I have yours, there's, there's, there's like a friendship that in some ways kind of comes into it that just gives you that sense without even questioning it one way or the other. So but but that takes work you know that this one individual that i work with it can be taxing because you know if it weren't for him we wouldn't be together and so if potentially services were able to help facilitate that a little bit more so it didn't seem like such so much work on one individual i think that would really benefit Um, yeah and and different things too it doesn't just have to be ball tournaments or hockey tournaments or dances or whatever i mean we have different interests you know across the spectrum and and i'm sure you know you might not even know that that other person working in you know the station you know geographically kilometers and kilometers away actually share that shares that interest too and and so i think i think that that would be really special to see some of that um, that support
1: and it can go further even for to for
0: those reasons because because we do
4: have, mm-hmm.
1: I know with my partners in the paramedic world or even the fire world over the years, knowing their background and what's going on at the home, not even details, but sometimes they bring stuff with them to work. And you need to understand that now you go do a tough call or you're you're getting run off your feet, that there may be more to it than just what is at the workplace. And if you know someone a little more... Intimately like that to the point where it just starts to open your eyes a little bit and be a little more responsive and and it helps that dynamic Work better on these calls that we're faced with for sure because it's not just like going to any other workplace you're, you're in the trenches with each other and you need to know that you have each other's back for sure. I would like to see Paramedics in Ontario become essential That's what I want. I want to see and I hope with essential service one day it, all of these other things can start to fill in so the respect that's needed to provide yourself with that mental break that physical break that that the support units you need and if there's one thing i really wish i could do i wish i could lead that that charge to try and do it once and for all finally because nobody even realizes it that we're not essential Mm -hmm. and i think with that would come a whole lot more respect and a whole lot more support and it would be a start. I know in Toronto the medics are working alongside the daycare and the TTC and they're essential and then the paramedics themselves are right, not and it's a, a s- collective, right? it's a sad yeah. it's a sad in the whole province we're not recognized at all mm-hmm. so I can't comment on the history and how we evolved so poorly that way as a profession but uh, what I can say is you ladies have done a tremendous amount of good for the The paramedic world and the first responder world out there and being leaders in 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 this industry and for all the other females and males out there to follow your example through uh through the strength and through the uh the courage to do what you do so i want to thank you guys for joining uh i'm going to zoom you out just a bit don't go too far but i'm going to zoom you out i'm going to do some closing uh statements here and then uh, we'll chat a bit more thank you Okay, so thank, thank you, you everybody for joining, and thank you for everything that you do, uh, day in day out. And last, good luck with the business. Thanks, pal. Thanks yeah, for having me. and good to see it. Thank you for coming. It's been a it's been a blast. It brought me right back to the pants. That's all that happened right away. So we're good. Jackie, we'll see you soon. I'm sure I'll probably see you on a call soon. And Marcel, hopefully one day we'll be able to meet up even okay. socially and uh, yeah,
4: just talk
1: shop a bit. Yeah. Very good. Okay. Thanks again. And uh, I'll uh, just zoom you out. and I'll be right back. Okay. okay. Thanks to everybody watching. That was uh, Leslie, Jackie, and Marcel joining me as a uh, tremendous group of representatives for female responders. And I hope everybody could see the unique challenges that they face. The, um, the differences, the the uh, obviously we know the differences, but the the unique stresses that they may endure that we don't realize day and day, out, especially these ladies who have been there in the earlier years of the transition and uh, have helped pave the way for some of us, uh, some of the younger ones coming through the system. This podcast was uh, made possible again by DeanBlendell.com. We're available on the DeanBlundell.com network, and I want us to thank the network for the support they've been giving us. And I also want to mention that this podcast will be available on um, my social channels, which will be uh, DeanBlundell.com, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify for the audio versions. And this exact YouTube uh, recording will be available on the YouTube channel uh, within the next 24 hours. And if you want to reach out, we have Instagram, Twitter and YouTube for our socials for offload delay and to a lesser extent I'm available to be reached at uh, Facebook under Brad Hopper again lesser used but uh, still check it from time to time that's it for this week happy international women's day women's week as well as women's history month everybody out there and thanks for joining we'll be back real soon stay safe